I'm Jess McCauley. I'm an actor, producer, and writer, but I'm also a huge introvert. I'm Phil Rickaby, and I'm a writer and performer, and I also am an introvert. And this is The Introvert's Guide to... Before we get started, why don't we tell you how to get a hold of us? You can find us on Twitter at introvertguide2, the number two, and you can find the website at introvertsguide2.com. If you have a question you want us to answer, or you want to give feedback about the show, you can reach us at stuff at gmail.com. And remember, we may use your questions or comments on an upcoming episode of The Introvert's Guide 2. Has anybody ever said something like this to you? You're too quiet. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> <laughs> does it does it drive you crazy when people say that? Yeah, like in my head, I'm kind of just like thinking like, shut up. Like you talk too much. <laughs> I mean, that, that's kind of the thing. I saw somebody post uh, earlier this week that, you know, it seems to be acceptable to tell somebody that um, they don't talk enough, but it's not acceptable to say to somebody, you talk too much. I think it feels like punishment whenever you tell me I I don't talk enough. Like when I open my mouth, Mm. I'm not saying it's like a privilege for you to hear me, but I'm trusting you with what I'm about to say because I don't like it. So when you point it out, you're making me feel singled out. It feels like punishment. Yeah. I mean, it... The thing is that usually the people who are saying, you know, you're too quiet, they're the people who are saying far too much about nothing, you know, and it's sort of that, that extrovert thing of, you know, all the small talk in the world and none of the substance. That's right. And did, did you ever, did you ever date anybody or, or have friends who were like trying to fix your introversion? Okay. So on a previous episode, I had mentioned that there was somebody I was seeing that said they wanted to help me make more friends. Right. I'm sorry. I gritted my teeth through that. Of course. Yes. Yes. To elaborate on that, I had told this guy that I I had a very select group of friends. I considered my, my mom, my sister, my dad best friends. You know, we're that close of a family. And I remember him asking, okay, so like, what's your group though? What, what does your group look like? I'm like, well, I think I had a group in high school, but you know, I that was about it. And then he just started going on about all these different ways I could make friends. And then I asked him, like, what do you think? Do you think I have a problem with making friends? Because <laughs> I assure you, I don't. I just don't want any more. And then that's when he said, listen, I think I've just made it my mission to help you make more friends. And I, I, th- I think I nearly died inside at that point. I think that's that's when you that's when you absolutely must realize that this is not going to work out. I th- actually, uh, yeah, we have one more date after that just to indulge him, and that was it. I mean, the thing is that like there there's a certain I don't know maybe extroverts are like I judge myself by the number of friends I have, and I don't know I'm more interested in the quality of friendships that I have, and I can't have a lot of quality friendships with a large group of people. Yeah, you know, I think I got self-conscious at like a few times about not having very many friends. I mean, like Mm. maybe when I was in elementary school and I had MySpace and Tom was my number one friend, but like I'm okay with, I'm okay with a small group of numbers. I don't know if like, is it really an extrovert thing to really need all these friends? I don't know. We'd have, we'd have to ask an extrovert. (laughs) (laughs) Do we want them on the show? I mean... (laughs) They get enough airtime. Uh, yeah, exactly. They're fine. 
I'm a terrible person for saying that. I'm sorry. If if there's somebody who's listening who's an extrovert and you're listening to try to understand your introverted friends or your partner, I'm sorry for that. We just we just don't get very many shots in. That's all. No, it's true. It's true. It's it's. I I, I feel like, and I was trying to think as we were we were talking about this. Did I ever have anybody? who actively tried to change my introversion. And I I can't, nothing comes to mind as somebody who, I don't know, made it their mission to bring me out of my shell or whatever. But it's like, I, there's all those, those comments. Mm. You're too quiet. What are you doing in the corner? Come over here, join the party. You know, all those, all those little things where it's like, I understand where it comes from, mm-hmm. but it isn't helpful. Yeah. You know, the, it, there's there's a lot more conversation now about being an introvert. Mm-hmm. And I, I find that as soon as somebody now, when you say, well, you know, I, I don't really like to go to parties, for example, because I'm an introvert. I don't know what it is, but for some reason extroverts or just society in general there are some introverts that are guilty of this that do think they they feel they need to fix you that that introversion is something that needs to be fixed and just massaged out of your being Mm -hmm. because it's inhibiting you because humans are social beings we love to socialize if you are not doing that there's something wrong and humans god love them need to fix things that they feel are broken. Well, the interesting thing about that is that, yes, humans are social creatures. It's just that we have different ways of being social. Exactly. There are introverts that socialize, but from a distance, or there's or there's the, this, um, the introverts that are not so reserved that immediately when they wake up, and we don't know how they do this, studies are still working on it, they can just wake up and talk to people. Don't know how it happens, but they can do it. But there's different levels, right? You know, there's there is also the attention seeking introvert, mm. and the and I, I think my friend Chloe, uh, who had a character in one of her plays that was an attention seeking introvert, which is not about the way that you socialize. It's an introvert that doesn't have a problem with being the center of attention, and in fact craves it. And maybe they don't um, want to be in the middle of a crowd of people, but the people that they are around, they do want to be the center of their attention. That's right. That's right. Cause I think sometimes we, we forget that there's many different ways of being an introvert as well as, you know, it's not just introvert and extrovert. Yeah. I mean, like we can't play with the binary because it's, it's plain and simple. It's black and white. And that's not the way humans are. We are complex, we're complex creatures and there, there's many different ways of being an extrovert too, right? It's not just, you know, when mm-hmm. when we think of the stereotype, oh, extroverts are always loud. They're always talking. They always want to be around people. Not everybody's like that. I mean, again, I'll take my partner as an example. He's an extrovert, but man, does he love to just stay at home and be a homebody too. Like like you said, there's, there's different ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? There's also that that fascinating state of being an ambivert. Yeah, what the heck are those people? <laughs> who, are, who are you? <laughs> they are magical creatures that can navigate oh. the world between between extroversion and introversion. Wow, a unicorn. They are unicorns. And Sheila, Sheila, 
Sheila Sky will be very happy to hear that she is a unicorn, I'm sure. I'm um, sure. <laughs> um, see, because I can remember, like, there have been a number of times when I've been to a party mm-hmm. and, you know, hard. it's enough that I got in the door, okay? Right. Know that if I, like, people, I mean, we've talked about the whole party situation, but, you know, know that if I showed up at the party, there was so much anxiety about getting into that party that um, you don't even know about. Like I'm in the door, so we're you're a step ahead. Um, mm-hmm. And the way that some people are like, "Oh, you're so quiet. Let's get a drink in you, and that'll that'll open you up." Oh, just no, no. Yeah, and you know what? Since I don't drink, that does me no good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I do. You have yet? Okay, creative question. Yes. Do you have really good comebacks for when people say, let's get a drink in you? What's the usual thing besides saying, oh, no, thank you. I don't drink. Have you ever had a really good quip for that? Nope. Nope. Ah. I always just say, I'm sorry, I don't drink. Because you know what I don't want to do? I don't want to be the asshole trying to make them uncomfortable for asking me to go for a drink or to get a drink because they're just trying to be a good host. Or they're trying to be a good person at the party trying to draw somebody in. Mm. They don't like there's no there's no point in making them feel any shame for being hospitable nope that's very true very nice very lovely phil makes a great host everyone let's all party at phil's uh if you party at phil's if there's more than five people we're all going home (laughs) good rule good rule because i don't i can't really deal with a party that's more than five people (laughs) Like, and that includes me. So four people and me, that's my ideal party. I might be able to get six in there, but as soon as you hit seven, now it's a crowd. Now I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> too many, too many. <laughs> it's way too many. Um, do you remember the, the earliest time when somebody was like, you're, you're too quiet? Oh, um, I would say whenever I was a kid, I, I was really shy. I had, okay. I had an on and off switch whenever I was a kid. My home videos show that I am quite extroverted. I shocked the world when I told people I do not really want to be around people. So when I was a kid, off the home videos, so this is off the record, Mm. no one has proof of it. I didn't like to talk at all. I hated it. And I didn't like meeting new people. I like just being in the corner. And every teacher, every, like, I was in drama class. I was even taking drama courses like outside of school and they always said the same thing. Well, if you want to be in this business, you got to make sure you can talk to people. So come on over. And I'm like, oh, kill me now. I don't want to do this anymore. And it just made me dread everything because I knew that whoever was in charge, the adult figure in the room would always point it out. And again, it feels like punishment. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, if I take the time to come over and, and, and talk to the, you know, talk to the group or contribute, get up in front of people, do not point it out because it makes me way too aware. It's interesting because you talk about those home movies where you were extroverted and I would probably point out that you were probably more outgoing in those home movies rather than extroverted. Thank in those you. home movies, you were probably... Uh, either alone or with a small group of people that you were super comfortable with. So it could seem like you were outgoing, which is different than being extroverted. And see, that's just it. It was mostly my sister dressing me up and stuff and making me do weird stuff because that's what we do as kids in the 90s. Of course. Well, (laughs) I mean, I think all kids do that, especially to their younger siblings. 
but you know, I mean, there, and there is a difference between being extroverted and outgoing, and that's what you were being there. That's different than plopping you in front of a group of people and basically saying, dance, monkey. <laughs> that's what it felt like. <laughs> that's what it um, always feels like when, when somebody points that out. But also, I mean, there, I mean, the people who are doing it, I mean, it's annoying, but they do mean well. They're trying to, they're, they're, I mean, they mean well, they're going about it completely wrong, but they mean well. And that's just it. You know, like you said about, you know, someone who wants to offer you a drink, I'm not going to be mad at you, but it's when I say no, thank you. Or when I say, I just don't really want to do that. I'm not comfortable. Don't keep going on it. Mm -hmm. Let it go and move on to the next person. Because then again, you know, like, let's say it's, it's a class or something. The class gets halted Mm -hmm. because you need to do something. You don't like to be refused in that way then. And that's great. They have a lot of pride in what they're doing. Maybe they want to help you. They just, they want to see you succeed. But at that point, you're now halting everything. It's coming Mm -hmm. to a close. So that way you can get your way on this. Yeah. And that's the thing that I always saw through is you're not, it's, it's, you're not going to (laughs) win. No, no. (laughs) Um, aside from the guy that you dated who Mm -hmm. tried to, you know, make it his project to get you more friends that you didn't want. Has you, have you had a friend or something that tried to make you their project? Uh, no, I didn't have anyone making me a project. I had someone that would, uh, I had a friend that sort of shamed me when I did want to come out, you know, like, Oh yeah, it was weird. It, I had, you know, I, I do like to, I do not to say like, you know, I like to get drunk. I don't, I'm not into that. <laughs> I'm not doing that old party thing. Okay. The 20, the early twenties, Jess is gone. She's dead. She's gone. But I do like to have a drink and I, if, if I happen to get, start to feel myself getting intoxicated, I like to have water and relax and enjoy the night. I'm not into this whole hangover business anymore. Yeah. But I remember it would take me a long time to go to parties. (laughs) Shocker. (laughs) And my friend wanted me to come out so badly and she never said she, you know, I'm going to, one of these days I'm going to get you to a party. I went on my own, but it was when I finally started to, it's when I finally started to actually talk and become part of the group. And I was the center of attention at some points. Then it was, wow, you're not the same person. Really? Not, what, 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 what kind of not same person were you? I, I don't know. Apparently like, you know what? It's, it's like whenever you see that friend dancing in a club and they're actually dancing on a table, you know, you never expected them to do it. They're doing it. It shocked you a little bit. Not to say, okay, Phil, listen, I didn't do that. Okay. But can we, can we, are you sure that you didn't do that? I just need to, we just need to be absolutely certain that you did not do that. Okay. Maybe there was that one time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There was totally one time I did. And <laughs> that's another day. Let's, let's, let's acknowledge the fact that we've all had those moments usually in our twenties. Okay. Okay. We will all acknowledge it. Even I've done it. Yeah. So I've done it. Yeah. I basically had gotten really rowdy and I was make, I, I, I was just in the center of attention for once in my life. I was comfortable doing it. It was a small house party. It was great. And I don't know what it was. I guess she just really liked, you know, for the lack of better phrasing, it's not to say I was like, into- like totally blackout drunk, but I don't think she liked, liked intoxicated Jess. I don't know what it was. I, I asked her repeatedly the next day. I was like, you know, did, did I say something mean? Did I 
what did I do to you? And it was just, eh, I just don't like you when you're drunk. Was it, was it maybe, was she an extrovert? Was she out more outgoing or, or what was the situation? She was there? totally an extrovert. Yeah. Totally. And that's the thing is I didn't know what she wanted from me. It she, was, you, I, you, I wonder if, if when you became outgoing, you sort of blew away or disturbed her understanding of who you were. Where what, which was at a party like this, she can be the center of attention and you become like a wallflower. And so you kind of broke that, that, uh, that status for her. I think, wow, that was really deep. Good job, Phil. Good job. Thank you. But yeah. (laughs) So I think honestly, looking at it, yeah, you're kind of right. Cause like that kind of feels that's actually what it felt like. Mm. It felt like she really didn't like the fact that she really did get her way. Mm. And it, she didn't like it clearly. She mm. didn't like not being the center because she always was. She was always the one that needed to have the funniest jokes. She needed yeah. to, to say the right thing. And she was the wallflower now. And I don't think she liked being the wallflower. Well, I mean, the thing is that like the wallflower for an extrovert, that's got to be a difficult spot. It's a little easier. I don't know. Like again, because I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm being right. Because um, the wallflower can be a shy person, not necessarily an extrovert, an introverted person. So you can have a shy extrovert as well as you can have an outgoing introvert. So the wallflower is the wrong phrase to use. But I, I get, I get what you mean. Suddenly, she was not the center of attention because right. she was used to you being shy and not the center of attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that's that was my mm. experience of being shamed. Mm. Don't like it. Not very fun. No. What about you? Uh, well, see, the thing is that I don't, I, I cannot, and I've been racking my brain to think if if this has ever happened, and I'm sure it has, but I don't remember. Aside from film, you know, uh, people saying that I needed to talk more or things like that, and and it's it's like I remember there were when when I was in grade when I was very young because I talked a lot at home. And my parents were afraid that I would talk as much at school and that all of the notes that came home would be about how Phil needs to stop talking so much at school. But that didn't happen because at home, it was a small group of people, people I was comfortable with. And so there was no, you know, as a typical introvert, I was, when I was comfortable, I could blab away. And at school, less so. Right. My, my, my sort of, uh, shyness around people tended to come when I became confident. Um, so if I was with a group of people that I knew pretty well and I was pretty confident in the way that I was uh, my standing with them, I would get really excited and I would usually say something stupid. Mm. Or, you know, I get all excited and I would say something that that everybody would look at me and be like, what? Because I was, I was, kind of socially anxious. And so it would I would blurt out these these the things in in the group and that would change the dynamic and then I would stop talking. Oh. Um and it became it got to the point where I um in a group even if I became pretty confident in my standing there, I wouldn't say much. Just right. because I I was afraid that I would say something stupid. Oh man, you, you know yeah, I feel that. Like there is 
there's a lot that can halt anybody from participating. That has to be one of the most painful feelings though, yeah. is feeling as though you cannot contribute because your status is not as good as theirs mm-hmm. and whatever you say, or if anything you do happen to say, it's not going to, it's not going to match up. There are many times in a conversation where I felt that Whatever I was going to say, these people mm-hmm. are going to look at me and say, "Oh my gosh, why is she even here?" And that—I mean—that's that's the kind of thing that where you when you don't start when you don't talk, you you, mm-hmm. you clam up when that when you feel like that. Yeah, for sure. I and mean, you know, it's you know, I do suffer with depression as well, so that actually even more so isolates me. Mm-hmm. And it's not the reason for my introversion. The introversion is because it, I am who I am. Yeah, but. When it comes to that, that certainly is, it's like that, it's like that little devil on your shoulder that's telling you that you're really stupid. You really shouldn't talk at all. Right. Well, you know, one of the other things, I mean, there's one thing when people try to fix you and on the other side, there are those times when an introvert tries to fix themselves That's because of the idea that you, that, that you need, because everybody tells you you should be more outgoing. And so you start to think like, okay, so how do I get there? What do I need to do? And you start to try to make changes to yourself in order to become quote unquote acceptable. You know, I'm actually very guilty and I know all of us are, but I'll only speak for myself. I know I'm very guilty of trying to do that, especially when it comes to, um, you know, as a, as a writer and producer, you have to network, you have to do these things. You have to go see people's shows You got to go see their projects. You got to go celebrate with them. And not to say you have to make friends, but you have to get out there in order to, in order to have those experiences and where people start going, Oh, you know, I, I know that Jess McCauley, she did this. Maybe she'd be good for, you know, participating in this job. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'll offer her some sort of candidacy. Right. But the thing is, is that I stop myself a lot of the times from networking because I feel I'm not ready because I don't know how to interact properly, quote unquote. But that's not true. I, I'm in this business because it's a natural passion of mine that just came very easily. I love it. And I've tried to fix myself many times. And I've rushed myself into situations because it was, well, you have to learn to do it. So I yeah. jump into it. And yeah. I felt so stupid sometimes saying things. You know, especially the fringe that just passed. I, I didn't feel like I had anything to offer no matter what I said. I, right. It would never come even close to what these fringe artists are doing, right? So you stop yourself a lot of times when you try to fix yourself, and then you become that obstacle. Well, that's the thing is is that when you're trying to fix yourself, you're sort of uh, standing in your own way. You are uh, fighting your own strengths um, to become something that you're not. And so when you are trying to be something that you're not, number one, you're going to be miserable. And number two, you're never really going to master it. Right. I've, you know, I've been, there's so many times when I've been like, how do I get better at being at parties? You know, Mm -hmm. and which, I mean, honestly, that's why we're doing this podcast is because I had that thought, but also just, um, how do I become more comfortable? There were so many times when I've been like, okay, if I could just walk up to that group of people and have a conversation, if I could just, um, be comfortable walking into a room with a bunch of people I don't know, you know, so I, you know, how do I get there? What do I have to do to, to make myself be that way? And that's, it's not easy to do. And I, I have, I, uh, you know, I think we've all tried 
tried to, to, to change ourselves in some way. And it's, you know, trying to figure out, okay, so that's not your strength. You know, the fact right. that the fact that you managed to go to the networking event or the fact that you went to the party, that's your victory. Not that you went up and talked to that group of people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you take those little victories, you give yourself those little gold stars, pats on the back, whatever you got to do, just to remember that whatever effort you made, it's, you did it. Good job. You know, we have to get used to celebrating those moments. It was really not easy going up to people and handing them a flyer and saying, hey, come see my show. Mm -hmm. I didn't say it like that, but that's what it feels like. Of course. And, and And that's just it. I... I really walked away every single time going, Oh man, I'm such an idiot. Like, why did I say it like that? I should have said it like this. And then I try to improve on it. And I still kept talking myself down when meanwhile, you did it. You pitched the freaking show. That's the thing. Um, as we always do, we talked to a few people on social media and tried to get, uh, some of their, their experiences. Um, I got a few and, and some of them are, are, uh, I mean, everybody has a story, so I wanted to give give them a chance to 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 tell them. It feels like these comments were very much warranted on it, mm-hmm, right? Because mm-hmm. it's a pretty heavy question. Yeah. So, so Jamie says, in grade six, I was making regular visits to a psychiatrist. I guess that he advised my folks to enroll me in things. Baseball was one. A drama workshop at the community center was the other. The organizer pulled the exercise from Booth's improvisation text, and that got me started in drama. When the series ended, I signed up for the second round, and when that ended, it fell away until I went to my second high school. There I took drama every year. I took theater-based uh, ba- theater based cultural studies on uh, courses at university while also LARPing. Uh, I used to, and live action role playing for those who uh, lack the nerd gene. Um, <laughs> I used I used that experience to get into the drama program at Oise, and from there I became a drama teacher. It's uh, to me, it sounds like Jamie went to a psychiatrist at a time when introversion was considered a problem. Right. And it sounds exactly like something that my parents would have made me do. Yeah, they really need more friends. There's something wrong with them. Get them out there, right? We're here. And that's great that you know Jamie went in for drama because drama does have that capability of just creating that natural acceptance. Mm-hmm. But what happened with the baseball, Jamie? What happened? Uh, well, obviously baseball was not for Jamie. And baseball doesn't have Dad, to be for Jamie. That's okay. That's fine. Totally respect it. Um, Milady Ranzetta had uh, a lot to say. Uh, uh, she said, uh, here's something from an introvert who isn't shy, like at all. Because I'm not shy at all, I love to sing at karaoke and always have an opinion on everything. People assume I'm an extrovert. So when I retreat and don't talk to people for three weeks because I need to recharge, people think something's wrong and admonish me for not reaching out to them for help. But I don't need their help. I just need to be alone for a while. Social interactions are draining, even when you enjoy them. Uh, Because I'm an introvert, I also find chit-chat with strangers at parties or social functions very uncomfortable. People have tried to teach me to do chit-chat, sometimes even telling me that I have to stop using big words because it's intimidating to people who don't know me. Honestly, I don't want to learn chit-chat. 
If this stranger is so put off by jumping into engaged conversations about the future of technology, the impact of neo-Dadaism on the internet, the history of squash and gourd alcohol, uh, agriculture in Canada, or whatever topic might be of interest at the moment, I probably don't need to get to know them anyway. I really wish everyone could see this, but I'm my jaw hit the floor and I just want to like stop <laughs> using big words. What? But no, that's absolutely. I like Milady. She sounds very self-assured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I absolutely. Love it. Um, I, I, I do, I do. I mean, the idea of of people when you when you when you retreat to recharge, uh, thinking that you need help. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that's uncommon. No, not at all. It's called self care. Yeah, but I mean, when if you've had to to go and push into outgoingness or in, uh, try to act like you're an extrovert for any period of time, you are going to need time to, uh, uh, to recharge. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, I do, I do like, uh, how, um, as somebody who isn't shy, uh, I can, I can picture, I can picture her at a party and it's the, because she's not shy. Um, instead of like doing chit chat, like literally like walking up to people and starting conversations and whatever these things are that, that interest her. I love that. Oh, absolutely. Like gourd agriculture. I want to sit down and I want to learn from you. Yeah, absolutely. I want to go to a party with Malay. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have to, we'll have to, well, I was going to say we should have a party for all the introverts who listen to the show, but <laughs> No, no, let's, no, we no, won't let's do that. not go we won't that, do that far. No. No, no, that's a bit much. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot. That's a lot. There were, I didn't get a whole lot of social media responses on this one. Um, no. But that's okay, because the internet has a lot to say here. For once. <laughs> I know. Not all of it is good. Um, just, just, for the, just for shits and giggles, I did um, just search for just out of curiosity i searched the phrase um how to fix an introvert Mm. there's a lot of options that come up actually ouch but uh, a lot of them are uh like somebody obviously came here wanting to fix themselves or fix their friend and the article turns out to be stop that um you know don't you can't fix being introverted. You have to learn how to how to how to accept it. So I was glad to see that um, in in those articles. Um, okay. I found an article at introvertdeer.com, um, which says, uh, "quote unquote," you should talk more. This is a phrase uttered by extroverts to introverts more times than there are grains of sand on a beach. It's said as if the speaker is trying to conjure up feelings of courage yet unknown in his introverted subject. The attention here, as far as I can tell, is that the introverted party sees, sorry, that the extroverted party sees introversion as a disease, something broken in a person that should be fixed. And by saying along the lines of, you should talk more, they hope to give the introvert the confidence they need to fully take charge of their life. But this good intention falls almost always of ears tired of being pitied. Oh. I highlight that that because um, I, I kind of think that we've all felt pitied by, by, uh, by extroverts at times. Um, and, and maybe even pitied ourselves, which is why, you know, that, that last line to me is, is, is kind of striking um, mm-hmm. about 
the good intention falls on ears tired of being pitied. And because I've been there. Oh, absolutely. Wow. No, no, that actually, I really like that word. I never really would have associated that with the feelings that I've had uh, with, with someone, you know, like I need to make more mm-hmm. friends or I don't like you the way that you, I'm not someone to be pitied. That's very good. I like where I am. I accept myself. Well, that's the thing is that, is that somebody saying that um, they think that you need more friends from their point of view, you don't have enough and therefore they pity you for that. I don't want to be like the person on Instagram that's hanging out with like 20 different friend groups in one week. That's not someone I'm very Mm self-assured. And I feel like that that's a quality that sometimes we don't, uh, uh, sometimes we, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? We don't take into account that that's maybe a great thing to be is self-assured. And especially with, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, like for example, just because we're speaking on friend groups, I'm, I I'm very confident Mm -hmm, with the mm -hmm. amount of friends I have, and I know I'm loved and valued. So next to that, yeah, jerk. (laughs) I call people a jerk a lot on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, we are are often reacting to the worst uh, that we have uh, received from from others in the past. So it's not like we think everybody's a jerk. We're just reacting. Exactly. I found on... uh, the Odyssey online is somebody had written and it was like, I'm an introvert and don't need to be fixed. Um, my life is full of well-meaning extroverts who think it is their job to fix me as if my preference of a night at home with my dog over a night of partying with a bunch of water pong. Yes. Water pong playing uh, students is a medical condition that can be cured. If I just go out for a couple of hours. Yeah. Yeah. I really resonate with that one. Nothing excites me more than just sitting in to play The Sims 3 on my computer on a Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. Do you, are you familiar with the site Quora? I am. I love Quora. Um, so there's actually some great articles, some great uh, things on Quora. For, you know, because on Quora, people can, can, can ask questions and be like, um, you know, what's the history of Plato or whatever. And, and, or also in this case, how do I overcome the problem of being an introvert? Which, you know what, we've probably all seen being an introvert uh, as a problem at some point. Yep. So this is, there's quite a bit here, but again, uh, this is one of the best answers uh, on, on that I could find on Quora. And I wanted to read this whole thing and uh, 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 just sort of, sort of talk about that for a bit. After years of being told that they need to change, many introverts come to believe that there is something wrong with them because extroverts appear to thrive on the same things that introverts secretly dread. Introverts often wish they could change themselves, but there is a tremendous power in self-acceptance. Once introverts stop struggling against their essential nature, they often report being liberated and more aware of how to maximize their natural gifts. So being an introvert is not a problem at all. How to face challenges being an introvert? First off, accept yourself. Mm. The aim is not to behave like an extrovert, but to be more comfortable with behaving like you. So you accept yourself first and start loving yourself. If you are having difficulty in conveying your emotions, then please find a way, but don't depress yourself. Be brave and push yourself. And this is one, because you know what? I'm going to break away here because being brave and pushing yourself is hard to do. Oh, it's easier said than done. Right. So 
And being brave and pushing yourself can be anything from walking into an unfamiliar room full of people you don't know, whether that is a party, a networking event, or anything. If you manage to get into the room, you pushed yourself to get there. So that is brave. And don't beat yourself up about anything else that happens. We talked earlier, like in one of our earlier episodes about dealing with a party and promise yourself that you will stay there for 10 minutes. Mm. Similar thing. If you can get yourself into the room, you've overcome one thing. Stay for at least 10 minutes. Yeah. You, I know it seems kind of strange to a lot of people that maybe are okay and comfortable at parties. 10 minutes can feel like an eternity to some. It can feel like an hour to some. 10 minutes is a perfect time to gauge with yourself and to, to check in and say, okay, how am I doing? Do I really want to be here? You did it. You actually made it. That's yeah. a huge accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Kudos to you. Yeah. Absolutely. So back to it. Uh, be brave and push yourself. It's the relationship with people that matters. And when it's necessary for the personal and professional growth, we have to push ourselves into conversations and into situations where we are vulnerable. Get fear out of head. Go out of comfort zone and try to speak. Once you will start, it will improve your self-esteem gradually. I think the trick here in, in that way is like, once you start, it will improve your self-esteem. You're not going to be able to do chit-chat. Yeah. Like there, there's nothing wrong with not liking chit-chat because again, some people can do it. A lot of people mm-hmm. can't though. That's and right. that's nothing to feel like you, that's nothing that should affect your self-esteem. Learn about introversion. Introversion is a personality trait that we were likely born with. It is not a flaw. It is not something that needs to be fixed. Learning about it will help you see it as normal. Try to read and spread awareness about it. Maybe we should start a podcast about this. I know. That would be brilliant, wouldn't it? Um, Start focusing on yourself. Stop obsessing about things you didn't do as well as extroverts and start focusing on your gifts as an introvert. So you can keep up with the same amount of social activity and stimulation. Essentially... Be more like Milady Ranzetta. Ah, oh, yes. My girl, Milady. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, another one that I really sort of found interesting, it was called An Open Letter to Introverts Who Feel Broken. Mm. Somewhere along the line, someone told you that they had the magical cure for your brokenness. They told you that the antidote to your pain was to put on a new personality. One that was shinier, more talkative, and more enthusiastic than your true self. They told you to do more and feel less. And while you're at it, stop thinking so much for goodness sake. You took their medicine, and I guess you know what happened next. It seemed to work at first, but it had strange side effects. The harder you tried to be up and tried to be up and on all the time, the more exhausted and empty you felt. When overwhelm set in, you began shutting down and pushing people away. This made you feel even worse. Needless to say, the extrovert's quick fix for introversion never works. And it's not because it makes you feel exhausted and irritable or because it eats away at your soul or because it forces you to live life on someone else's terms. These are all consequences, but they are not the true reason why trying to fix introversion doesn't work. Oh, that was really nice. It doesn't work because you're not broken. That's right. Anything, anything that you saw in these things that, 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 that sort of resonated for you? 
the one line here in the open letter is you took their medicine. Mm. That's something that's really hitting me hard right now is because, mm-hmm. you know, as much as we, we, we talk about, we do this podcast for a reason mm-hmm. because we need people to know that they're not alone. And it's a, it's a, it's the reason why you and I fill our artists is because a lot of our basis for our work is that we do it because we don't want people to feel alone. There, I mean, there's, there's a difference between, between feeling alone and being alone. That's right. It, it's, and there's a huge difference, but you're, you know, the thing is, is that we're not alone because a huge chunk of us were thrown into this, this little box and said, you're mm. not like us. You don't like to talk. You don't like to do the things that we do. You must be broken. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything about needing medication. This is not anything against you know medication for people that need it. But in terms of the reason why you are introverted, it breaks my heart to think of how many people out there, I was not one of them, but it breaks my heart to think of the people that were told to their face, you know, if you take these pills or you do this sort of exercise, or you do this every single day, you're going to get better. And you're going to be just just like everybody else. Yeah. And I mean, that's that comes down to the idea that 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 introversion is a disease, something needs to be to be fixed, cured, whatever. I you know, I a long time ago, I knew this young woman at school. Um, and it's it just quick story. I remember that she she thought for years she had depression and anxiety because people told her mm. she did, and it turned yeah. out she purely was just, for the lack of better phrasing for this, because it's a quick story, she was just introverted and didn't know how to accept herself. Right. And it was so sad. She spent years thinking she had this mental illness, mm-hmm. and she did not. And it, it took her years to actually understand that who she was and accept herself. It's a lifelong commitment to doing that for yourself. But the second yeah. that we, the, we take a moment to say, I'm worth it. How mm-hmm. this is how I am. This is who I am. And I, I accept myself. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, the thing is that like, think in any situation, that phrase, just those words, I accept myself for who I am is, is powerful to a lot of people. But if you've been told that being an introvert is is wrong or is is a flaw, then it's then those words be, in this situation become even more powerful because you're not broken. Being an introvert is not a flaw. It's just you. Yeah, and there's that. That's the beautiful part of it. And that's the beautiful nature of it. You are mm-hmm. you. And that's a beautiful thing. And we want you to be that way. You don't want to go to that party? Don't go. That's the best part. You have free will to do that. Yeah. If it becomes a pro- it becomes a problem when you when you're totally isolated. There's a difference between not there's a difference between introversion and isolation. And that's the dangerous part. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing is that like all of those, you know, you, that party that you don't want to go to, if you don't want to go to it, you shouldn't go. I mean, we all, there are, there are, um, obligation parties. Mm-hmm. There's the work Christmas party. There's a uh, birthday parties for people that you really should go to their party for all of those things. Mm-hmm. And those are fine, but you can, you should only ever go for as long as you feel you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. 
That's right. And and when it's time, when you've reached your limit, you should be able to say to your friend, whoever's party it is, thank you. I need to go now. And you know what? I've had plenty of people that have come to my parties whenever I am hosting. You know, there are times where I can host. Mm-hmm. And I, I joke with people for like maybe a minute, just be like, oh, leaving? What the heck? But then mm. you remember that, you know, no, they have self-care that they need to take care of. They need to go, they go. And I guarantee you, introverts yeah. out there, your hosts don't hate you. You showed up, you did your job, you interacted as far as you could, and now it's time to go home and take care of yourself. It's totally warranted. And you know, the thing is that the amount of time that you spend at that party, it has very little to do with that party. It might have to do with uh, the amount of interaction that you had at work this week. It might have to do with uh, being stuck on a crowded subway or bus for an hour or two or however long it takes you. There are so many factors that exhaust you Mm-hmm. that you know you made it in the door you said hello you stayed for 10 minutes and if that's what it takes then god damn it you made it you did it and you're good you know and not only that absolute to add to that either you commuted or you took a car there you had to drive all the way there and convince yourself the entire time to keep going 100% and in those yeah, when you're thinking about it the entire time going, great, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? I need to go home. You're still powering through it. Yes. That's so amazing. That's, great job. That's the thing is there have been so many things that I've gone to where the whole time I am going, I am fighting with myself. Just go home. No, no, no. I have to go to this thing. No, what? It'd be much more comfortable if you just went home. You know, it's a back that's and forth right. and you're forcing yourself to keep going forward towards whatever event that is. Ah, oh, you got your feet through the door. 10 minutes, that's totally cool. I think that this is the closest we've ever had to an introvert love-in. Um, but uh, I think when we're talking about people um, trying to change us, that mm-hmm. I think we need a little bit of a palate cleanser of of a moment of, you're okay. Yeah. You know, a lot of the times our episodes are, you know, we get really excited and we rant about it for a bit, but I think this episode, we needed to remind ourselves that, you know, this, this whole introversion, extroversion, and I'm sorry, who are the people in between? What's it's. Uh, the ambivert. Ambivert. Okay. Sorry. Unicorns. You, you do exist. <laughs> I, I acknowledge this, mm-hmm. but you know, we, we forget that there was that battle yeah. of, of the people that do need to be medicated. There's something wrong with you. And I really feel at this episode, there needs to be that reminder that we're all validated. We always tell in the show, like you, you owe it. You owe nobody an explanation, but never once do we really try to, to nail it in that you are loved, Mm. you are accepted. And this show, you are going to find acceptance. So that way you can carry it through yourself in real life. I'm tearing up thinking about all this. No, I'm 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 in the same way because it's it's one of those. How often do we get to get to do 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 we get together and sort of say introvert to introvert? We're okay. Yeah, it's okay that we are the way that we are. And from a distance, Phil mm. and I are giving you a big hug. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um. <laughs> so what what are what are your takeaways? My takeaway, 
is that I am amazing just as I am. (laughs) (laughs) And that I, just because one day I'm really good with socializing and another, another two weeks I can't do it, that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with me. I am who mm-hmm. I am, and I love waking up on Saturday morning and playing The Sims. You know, for me, I was thinking about that friend or that 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 fellow uh, that told you that you needed more friends. Mm-hmm. And you know what? One of the things that we've said so many times is to stand up for what you need mm-hmm. and to say what you need. Mm-hmm. And if somebody takes it upon themselves to tell you that you need more friends or that you're too quiet – um, or that you need to get out more, you sh- you should feel free to be able to say, actually, I'm okay. Yeah, you know, I think at that, you know, I shouldn't. I mean, I really did say it in my head that I don't need more friends, but you know, I was too shy to actually say I'm okay. I think at the point when he said it, it was more like a, I'll consider it. I'll think about it. Well, I mean, it's 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 one of those. I mean, you were dating this guy too. You'd been on how many dates? Oh, probably just two. Yeah. I mean, it's still, it's still, it's still new and you're still probably trying to impress, uh, impress him or, or something. He's trying to impress you by being like, listen, I can fix you and get you all outgoing and stuff. Cause clearly you need to be fixed. And you, you were like trying to be okay with it yeah, in a way that you didn't need to be. I felt like to him, he was romanticizing me as like the, the short quirky nerd girl kind of thing. And I didn't like that. I don't like to be put in those, like those boxes. So it definitely was that sense of, oh, this is this is a very new relationship. I'm not going to break it to him that I'm 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 not like that. <laughs> no, you know what? And and for me taking it away, I totally accept myself that I am who I am. I love my friends very dearly, and I love you all. But I don't need more friends. But if you'd like to give me a hug, I'm totally cool with that. Uh-huh.